0: Where is the balance that you found between intentional conversation that keeps projects moving forward and customers feeling heard? And not feeling like a slave to your inbox.
1: Hey, it's Dan here. And I have a special announcement before we kick off today's show. We have a very special guest coming on our show on December 31st. This is a gentleman that has over 20 years experience as an entrepreneur. He has built multiple eight figure businesses. He actually published a widely popular book that generated over $50,000 per month in revenue within three months of launch. He runs a successful podcast that's received over 5 million downloads. He's also invested in several other companies as well, and he actually mentors other entrepreneurs and has mentored countless of them on their trajectory to success. And Sharif and I are very excited to have this gentleman on the show. So please tune in on December 31st to hear who the special guest is. And now on to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the FAQ show. Dan and Sharif here to talk about business startups, investment and professional development and kinda uh, bring actionable insights from our life experience to you and hopefully uh, shorten your trajectory by helping to learn from our mistakes. Uh, Sharif, how's it
0: going today, man? It's a great Friday afternoon. I enjoy uh, having days off like this. So I'm excited to be here, excited to uh, go into a few things. I, I, you know, we we just had so many comments and we take that in and really it, it fuels us. I know I've said it before, but it fuels us as to what we're doing here and, and, and you know, just kind of keeps us going and, and keeps us, uh, you know, wanting to get on and record. And um, so I just thought we'd go through a couple of these uh, again. So really one that stands out to me, Dan, is... I'm not really sure who this is, honestly, but their, their tag uh, name is E underscore T E A underscore 95. And uh, he says phenomenal. I assume it's a, he it could be a, she phenomenal people and amazing content uh, hearing Dan's story and learning from his experiences is an absolute pleasure. He has a passion for helping others succeed and I appreciate his ability to communicate lessons through his struggles. Looking forward to future episodes. So, thank you so much for that. Um, you know, Dan, I think people are just really getting into uh, the the different stories that we're we're telling about our lives. It's it's authentic. We're just kind of sharing really vulnerable things, which is is not always uh, easy. But uh, <laughs> no,
1: not at all. The last couple episodes were uh, definitely peeling back the layers a little bit and. And I know, I know that we'll end up you know, sharing more vulnerable stories and, and hold ourselves accountable because I think that that's really what people want to hear. And, uh, you know, ET95, I am, I'm grateful for that, that, that feedback and that review, that five-star review and rating, man, that, that means a lot to me. And I'm glad that, that you're able to pick up something from my story and keep listening, man, because I've got a, a lot of stories from, this, uh, from my professional development to, to share as we go on, man. So thank you
0: for that. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you were—we'll probably talk about this later in a different episode. But just you know, you were sharing through your employment solutions company uh, that you had, you know, just some just some different mistakes you guys made through acquisitions. And um, (laughs) I don't know if you want to get into that or not, but it's that I I really feel like figuring out being outside of it now. There was particularly maybe one acquisition you did that didn't go well and, and then having some time to kind of shake through it and, 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 you know, heal from that mistake, basically, you know, I'd love to eventually hear so we what will lessons so, you learned. So we will. So that
1: it's true. So employment solutions has been an amazing company. We've experienced a lot. You know, we've gone through acquisitions of other companies, you know, some have been widely successful you know, one in particular was a, was a, was an epic mess, but not today. That is a story for a day, but not today. Um, <laughs> sure. So, uh, but we'll definitely, and I'll go Leave through it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely tune into it. if If you want to hear like in the trenches, like the absolute, you know, kind of dirt on, on how that stuff, how uh, acquisitions and all that stuff, you know, impacts companies and all the transactional stuff and how you kind of recover from, you know, a huge misstep financially, you're going to want to tune into that show and I, I'll share it. But uh, that's not the intent today. and But Sharif,
0: there was someone else on here that you wanted to call out specifically. Well, so that would be uh, Janet uh, Pitcher. She's uh, part of a mastermind that I'm involved with, um, and it's called Legacy Builders. But uh, first of all, she gave us a great comment, and, and so I'll read that um, she says, "I don't listen to podcasts uh, a lot, but I found the FAQ show to be very interesting. It kept my attention and re- uh, and reviewed several apps and technology, uh, which was useful. I'm going to be an ongoing listener. I'm definitely uh, ha- I can definitely learn a lot from their podcast. So thank you, Janet, and more importantly, thank you, Janet, for your amazing." amazing toffee. She makes the best toffee in the world. Uh, so you can check that out at www.mamastoffee.com. I don't know why I just read the www because <laughs> I don't think that's necessary, but anyways, it's no, Mama's Toffee.com. And uh, again, it is, she, she brought a bunch to our mastermind and we're all a bunch of pretty health conscious people. And we, all had to dig into this toffee. It's so it's just, healthy
1: toffee. That's great. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yes. Of course. It's healthy. She removes toffee. the calories, right? And the carbs. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it's um, amazing. <laughs> one one really quick thing is, you know, toffee is is typically like very crunchy and it's like hard to kind of break and all this. Her toffee definitely has a bit of a crunch to it, but it just almost melts in your mouth. You just can bite off a little piece. It comes off easy and it just wow. melts in your mouth. So anyway, if you want to get some Christmas Stocking presents and things stuffer. for people, That's absolutely. Right. Mama's Okay. That's Thank awesome. you, Janet.
1: <laughs> so, so I want to ask this question because there's a couple people I want to give shout outs to on this one as well. And I know there's a 103, you know, reviews and like 60, you know, people that actually took the time to review the show. And uh, we want to, we'll get to everybody, but there's a couple I want to call out. but Sharif, you mentioned mastermind. I want to talk about this. So this is something that I think was really, really popular, you know, kind of in the heyday of building America up was these mastermind groups. And I think they're making a resurgence. So just talk to me really quickly about kind of what a mastermind is and what it does for you and why, you know, kind of why you, why you participate.
0: Sure. Well, I think as entrepreneurs and and a solo entrepreneur that I am, you can so easily just get kind of stuck in the fact that you're working for yourself only and that and and that everything is 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 all, all the things are you're that <laughs> I'm I'm falling over myself here but uh, you're responsible for everything and that can be very stressful and daunting and so it, it's so good to be plugged in with other entrepreneurs and the the fact that you can help each other and learn from each other uh, and, and learn from each other's expertise because you know I'm an expert in certain fields and other people are experts in other fields but it in business and in, in entrepreneurship it all kind of communicates and and connects so I've been involved with this particular uh legacy builders for uh several months now, and you know we get together at an event uh once or twice a year and then you know we work remotely uh, all throughout the year with a coach and uh, different uh, than just you know interacting with each of the members and I can't tell you just how phenomenal it has been to connect to those people and to learn from them and to learn from the experts in their field. Um, And so it's really about the people, honestly. It's I mean the content that we get from the mastermind is great as well. I mean it's it's led by two powerhouse guys um, that have uh, like a huge resume in uh, online marketing and, and entrepreneurship, but what I almost value at the same level is the people involved. So I, I think that's just kind of why I'm involved because it just helps me kind of stay on track and, 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 and I get value by helping others too. So I enjoy, um, you know, every once in a while helping uh, one of the other members to, to break through a different level. So how do people, how do you find a
1: mastermind? Like how did you come across your legacy builders? Like how does somebody, if someone's interested in kind of connecting with a mastermind and getting involved with that, and I'm genuinely asking because I'm not yeah. actually in any masterminds uh, currently. As how do, you, how do you find something? Sure.
0: Um, I think I would start by looking at what your intention is and what your business is. And there is definitely more general masterminds. And then there's more uh, niche masterminds that are set up specifically to uh, uh, get you to, to have success in your area of expertise. Um, so you just kind of, you honestly just search through that. And then the biggest thing is who you're going to be involved with. Who are the leaders of those? Are, are they experts in their field? Um, and do they have the track, the real track record and, you know, just, just what are the costs involved and, and see if it makes sense. But I, I genuinely feel that especially for solo entrepreneurs, this is something very important that you, you know, should, should definitely consider.
1: Right on. No, I appreciate you sharing that too. Um, so just back to some gratitude before we get into answering one of our, our audience's questions here. This one is, is interesting. actually, I, I hadn't even realized that this person followed our show or did a, um, a review and a rating for us. And, and it wasn't until we were scrolling through this, this morning that I saw this and it's happenstance. I was just listening to this guy's podcast uh, earlier this week and learned something pretty cool about it. But real estate investor said, great podcast for startup companies. This podcast does a great job peeling back the layers of what it takes to create an efficient working system. Great listen. Uh, I appreciate that, that comment. That's really what we're going for is kind of peeling back the layers to, to teach actionable insights. So really uh, happy that he said that. But he actually has a podcast on real estate investing that I was listening to and he did a phenomenal job of breaking down a very fundamental concept that i wasn't fluently aware of and uh, that was the difference between retail real estate and wholesale real estate and and how do you actually get into the wholesale market where your bigger gains and your bigger returns are versus the retail market that like 98% of real estate transactions fall into you know and it was uh, i'm going to i'm just going to look the podcast up quick so i can give it a shout out because i was actually pretty pleased with the the episode. I don't think it's just called the real estate investor.
0: Yeah. I would actually, while you're doing that, Dan, I would be curious to understand what you took from that in, in just the simplistic difference between retail and wholesale real estate. I don't honestly have a good understanding of the difference. I've heard that. I've, I've, you know, heard that terminology, but I don't know that I've ever dove into the actual definition. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the podcast is Investing in Real
1: Estate with Lex Levenrad, And uh, he's actually a good podcast host. He actually does a nice job of breaking things down. He's got good cadence and and explains things well. And he's he's uh, mixes in a bit of, of a little bit of lightheartedness with kind of serious business topics. So he does a does a great job with that. But the biggest topic that I learned, because they had a the question that set up his episode was, you know, why would I use, you know, private investor money at you know, eight to 12% interest rate when I could just get a four, you know, three or 4%, you know, interest rate for a mortgage, you know, for real estate investing, you know, then Lex went into actually explaining, well, if you're going to buy retail, it absolutely makes sense to to use a bank mortgage because you're going to get those and banks will finance retail real estate. Banks will not finance wholesale real estate and wholesale real estate is typically where there's a damaged property and you're buying it so far underneath, you know, market value, or it's a foreclosure. It's things where it's bank owned, where the bank doesn't want to take on a mortgage. They don't want, you know, soft money. They want hard money. They want to basically cash out of their, their interest. And they're not, you know, banks aren't as willing to loan mortgages against wholesale properties because they actually are, you know, they're under market for a reason, which makes it a, you know, kind of a volatile asset. So you have to put work into it and whatnot. And, and then he went through kind of the dynamics of how do you actually set up the the financing through private investors to acquire wholesale real estate? you know, and different ratios and whatnot. And it was a good listen. And, and it was pretty short. I, I think it was probably 20 minutes or less. But yeah, anyway, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that he actually gave our show a listen and and rating and review. I'll have to go do the same for him for sure. But yeah, no, it was, it was a good show. And somebody else that I, I want to give a shout out to because she has been a great supporter of us as well. And I don't know. I'm just guessing on the name here. I don't know if this is exactly the person that I'm thinking that it is. So I hope that it is. Um, if <laughs> give not, a shout out nonetheless. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but Sydney 71990 says amazing advice from successful entrepreneurs. If you're eager to learn from the pros, this is the podcast for you. Dan and Sharif give easily applicable advice, derivative of years in the game. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Looking forward to hearing more. And so powerful. I love that, you know, because that's really what we're going for. But uh, this particular person is, you know, kind of great, you know, marketing expert type has uh, recently had a uh, major career move and actually landed a a bit of a dream job in New York City. And she's been incredibly helpful to uh, our team at SpinGig and kind of helping with the social media piece of it. But she said something when we were talking last that really struck me because I always think about how I listen to podcasts and want to do it but she's, she made two comments about our show that really hit home with me. There was an article that recently came out on LinkedIn that stated the top 10 podcasts for college students. And she shared it to the, to the entire, you know, university network that she's affiliated with and said, Hey, this should be on the list. The FAQ show should absolutely be on the list for anybody that has an interest in business and startups and entrepreneurship and Beautiful. even professional development. And I thought that was pretty amazing, but then she even went one step further and said that she's actually made our our show part of her regular routine and regularly listens to it in the gym. And I just thought that was really cool. So Sydney, I appreciate the support and the shout out and congratulations on your new gig and and all the the best in making a successful career with that uh, and marketing there. So I wanna say thanks for that. And actually kind of turning the the page to the intent of the show, another great follower of ours is Rachel Jenks, Artistry by Design, but she also has the Brand Boss Show which is another podcast that just launched uh, around Thanksgiving. Uh, definitely go check it out, the Brand Boss Show podcast. And let's all
0: support her too. You know, give her the comments and reviews and five star ratings. Uh, you know, you guys were amazing for us, so you know, please go over and, and take a listen to her show as well. Yeah, absolutely. And she does a great job clearly identifying the
1: difference between. What we probably think branding and marketing is, hmm. but then actually deciphering the myths you know and of what it 's not, and I think that that's really important because, as, as Shreef, you mentioned I think last week about how there's just so much information out there about different content and shows and and things you can do and things you can learn, and I just think there's a lot of different takes on marketing and branding and how to build a personal brand and how to build a company brand and there's a lot out there to cut through, and I think it can make your head spin, and I think Rachel does a nice job of you know kind of breaking that down what branding is what it isn't and, and and working through how to build an effective brand on her show so give a listen if that's a, if that's what something you're you know interested in learning but Shreve, Rachel recently asked a question of us on our Instagram and I encourage other people to do the same but what was the question let's have this conversation to to answer that for Rachel
0: so Her question was around email, so basically she's saying email is the greatest drain on her time, her focus, uh, creative energy, and yet it's a necessary business resource. I've given up on the myth of inbox zero in favor of uh, progressive productivity, but it still feels overwhelming at times, especially on the road. My mouth fell open when Dan shared he had been uh, he had taken his inbox from 1,600 or 1,064 to 70 action items in the course of a morning catching up after vacation. So that was a couple episodes ago. If I'm vulnerably honest, I feel like I either am on top of my inbox uh, because of having spent hours to answer each one or I'm drowning in it. So I guess she has another kind of two-part question here, but if we just stop there and, you know, maybe you, Dan, you want to kind of go back to the point where you were at that time where you were looking at the 1,000 plus emails and you somehow, I don't know how either, Rachel, (laughs) you somehow (laughs) boiled it down to 70 action items. Now, granted, some of that was probably some sales and spammy stuff, but, you know, even if that was 20% of it, there's still a significant amount of personal emails in there or business related emails.
1: Yeah, so absolutely. So I, I think it's, it's important to understand that I, I probably just disappointed about a thousand people. <laughs> no, I'm uh red, no response. No. Um, so here's, here's, first off, I hate email. I hate it. And, and everyone that's kind of in my professional network knows that I hate email. I suck at email. It is absolutely an emotional drain. And you know, I, I really don't like living in my inbox and I don't, and I I truly don't. I'm one of those people that, you know, I block out time, dedicated time to get in my inbox and do what I need to do in there. And then I shut it down and I don't live there. So, uh, there's, you know, there's times that people can go, you know, honestly days waiting on a response from me from email. And here is, and, and the people that know me know well enough that, if they need a response from me, they are either going to pick up the phone and call me or they're going to text me and say, hey, can we talk about this? Can we work, can we work through this piece of it? So and this is this goes back to my thought on inbox zero. I think it's a good system for some people. I think there's some businesses and some styles in business that inbox zero certainly works. Can you I'm just not,
0: touch on that really quick? Just cause I'm not real familiar with the con, is it, is it like a concept of inbox zero? I mean, I understand it's get it to zero, but what's, what is that?
1: That's the concept. It's basically, okay. it's basically get your inbox to zero every day. Right? Like okay. that's the goal. And honestly, I think if that's your daily goal to get your email inbox to zero at the end of the day, I think that you're probably living small. Like, I just think there's better goals in life to pursue and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like be a crusader against the inbox zero movement. Like, Hey, it's a, it's a business technique, you know, but again, my view on email is it's good for sharing information. It's not very good for progressing conversation forward. It's not great for making decisions in my opinion. Um, at least not the business decisions that, you know, I'm involved with in in what I do and my roles. So I think, you know, those are better for actual quick conversations or standing meetings. Um, and when I say standing meeting, I mean, physically where you're standing up in the meeting, having it, because I think if people sit down in meetings that they tend to they last way longer than they need to. So that's how I feel about email. So this is, this is literally what my process is. So going into a vacation, I know that my inbox is going to fill up. It, it just is. Okay. I make sure that the first day that I'm back, I block out a healthy amount of time, usually an entire morning, depending on the vacation, sometimes an entire day just to manage the inbox, right? Just to catch up on things. And and my whole point, my whole system is to start out by having an autoresponder, you know, vacation responder like we all do, that has some very direct insights. It basically says, hey, I'm going to be away for a while. I'm not going to be responding to your message. If you need something resolved really quickly, contact this person and before i go on vacation that person is going to have my back they know that things that need to be resolved in that period of time are going to be done you know and it kind of clearly sets the tone that you know if this can wait until i get back please ping me you know once i'm back right so i'm kind of setting the expectation and putting the onus on the person that's emailing me to giving them an immediate resolve you know path or reach back out to me after this date and you know we'll talk through this right so that kind of that's sort of i set that platform on the front end of doing this when I get back, I have that blocked out time. I literally will just click highlight. I'll check every single email in my inbox and I will just scan down through who are they from? What's the headline, the little snippet that comes in. And honestly, I'm just asking myself a question. Is this something I need to address? Is it? And, and I will basically, there's 90% of stuff, maybe even more, I'm guessing at that point that doesn't need my attention at that point. That just doesn't rise to the priority level of the things that i need to be most focused on now that i'm back from this vacation okay there is a healthy piece of that that's sales you know kind of people that are pinging me all the time trying to sell me the, the next shiny object right mm-hmm. and i just you know market is red and i move on i don't even open it there's other things that are you know i've been copied on an email where i wasn't the actual intended re- you know i wasn't the primary recipient i was just a copied recipient honestly most of those things unless there's very something i'm looking for in the subject line um, or even that little snippet, most of those things, Mark as read. And, and here's my thinking on it. And this is how it works for me. If it's an ongoing thread, that's going to end up as a true action item for me, there's going to be another email that hits my inbox today or the next day. Right. So like, and then once it actually hits the inbox again, then I can take the time to read through the thread. But if there's never an email that comes in after I mark it, you know, read and didn't actually read it. I feel like this is horrible to say that. <laughs> that like the reality is, is they probably didn't need my input. They didn't need me to make a decision to move forward. And truthfully, if they didn't need me, my input or they didn't need my, my decision to move forward, they probably didn't really need to brief me on it. Now, I have it there for legacy. So if I ever need to go back and get caught up on it, I can do that on a particular topic. But it's not as important to address it right there because I have really, really competent people that manage things. Okay. So that's like another layer of things. That's a big chunk of the inbox right mm-hmm. there. With our company, um, this is another big chunk of the inboxes of oh, that thousand. There happened to be a lot of people that had birthdays over that period of uh, that two weeks that I was away. That that thousand you know emails racked up. And in our company, one person originates this happy birthday chain and it goes to <laughs> everyone in the company and then everyone replies all, right? So like there was literally a huge chunk of happy birthday you know, emails that, that were flooding into my inbox because everyone replies all, so you get all of those. So for me, it was really just kind of a few emails that went back and said, hey, hope you really enjoyed your birthday. You know, I enjoyed mine. You know, would love to, to catch up and compare notes or whatever. So that one's quick, right? So then you kind of boil it down. You get through that process really, really quickly and you get to the things that are actionable items that directly pertain to my areas of focus right now. You know, the, the, the very specific projects that I'm on right now, that I'm kind of the champion, the project manager that I'm moving forward Those are the ones that I have to focus on because if I don't get those projects moving forward and I don't keep those on track That's on me. That's my area of accountability and responsibility. So that's what has to be the main focus Everything else is you know, it's one of those things like if everything's a priority Nothing is so I only focus on moving the priorities forward And i'm gonna i'm gonna trust that if I miss something in this system One of two things is going to happen The thing that I missed by the person that I missed is going to call me or text me and say hey, I know that you're back can we talk about this? And then mm-hmm. now that will make it to the action item for that day. Or they're going to email and say, hey, you know, I, I shot you an email. I got your vacation responder, but now I know, I know you're back. You know, can we set up a call or can we talk about this or whatever it is, right? And that's, that's kind of how I rely on it. And I'll tell you, I've used that system for a while. And I'm sure there's probably something that I've missed by doing that but nothing significant. Like I've never, never missed something majorly significant that is catastrophic that can't be simply corrected a little bit later by doing it that way. And even the things that I missed that were kind of, you know, important, but not major, you know, is few and far between by doing it that way. So that's how I manage my inbox. I'm rarely at zero because the, the
0: again, the floodgates just keep going. Well, it never, um, and, and plus to get, to be at zero, you have to say maybe it's five at five o'clock or four thirty. 30. Yeah. I'm, I'm at zero then because we all know that between, you know, six and 10, uh, you get people in Ireland of, and Australia <laughs> are emailing me. Yeah. it's like <laughs> Yeah. You get a ton of, so I'm, I'm not going to really add much to that because I probably need to improve my, uh, if I, if I'm honest, I need to improve my email uh, usage and how I handle things and my, for my business, um, in my, you know, daily job, uh, in oil and gas, I get a lot of, we actually have a Cisco system where your voicemails from my work phone come to my email. So that I I like it and I don't like it because, you know, it's there, and then the problem is you you don't want to answer that voicemail right away potentially, and so that gets pushed down further in your in your email box. And if you lose a voicemail in your email box because you accidentally opened it or something like that, it, because they're they're not very well defined as to you know who called or whatever, it's just a phone number and, a, and it says Cisco, you know. So that's that's something that's I've got to actually work and, and you know because. In my business, again, if I forget to call someone back in a timely manner, a, a you know, 24-hour period or something like this, that's probably the only contact that that owner has had with our company for like six months or a year. So if they just don't get a call back from me because I missed it, because I have you know 100 emails in my in- inbox or something like that, that's just unacceptable for my end. Right. Right. Um, because again, that's, that's the only interaction they've probably had uh, with our company in, in in a long time. So, so I take those very seriously and, and, and always want to respond. Um, but I, I think I'm going to take some of the things you said, Dan, and just try to implement, implement them. I really like, I don't use auto responders as much as I probably should. And I should probably honestly, cause I, I'm kind of a Johnny on the spot type of uh, employee in in my role. So I have to answer kind of over the weekends and different things. But if I were to put an autoresponder when I'm definitely not available on a weekend, if I'm traveling or something like this, that may actually, you know, prompt that person to contact someone else. If it's something very important that has to get addressed because they know that they didn't reach me with that email. So I, th- yeah, I just think maybe I, that's the one, one of the things I've taken from, from what you said.
1: I do. And, and autoresponders, I mean, they're great and, and they're definitely underutilized and misutilized. And I really, uh, the two ways that I use them is one, if I'm, if it's a vacation where I'm completely unplugging, I want to set that expectation. I want people to know, listen, it's going to be two weeks before you hear anything from me whatsoever. I'm completely <laughs> unplugged.
0: Like they can't I'm be not... upset about that once they've, yeah. they've been put on notice.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and the other one is, Hey, I'm traveling, but I'm checking it and expect delayed responses. Like I'm only going to be checking my inbox like once a day at the end of the day. And that's it. When I'll respond to stuff kind of at night. like if I'm away, you know, at a conference or something for work or whatever, like, you know, I don't live in my inboxes as anyway, but I want to let people know like, Hey, like my responses are typically delayed because I don't live in my in- inbox, but they're going to be even more delayed you know, because I'm traveling and I'm actually going to be in my inbox less. So, mm-hmm. uh, one other, there's kind of two other pieces I want to do to answer that, answer that first part of Rachel's question. And I, I forgot to mention, there's this other piece of the inbox management that I do. So when I'm going through the list, if it, if there's a, if it falls in a category of like, Hey, I, this is important, but I don't know if it's resolved or not resolved. Like I'll just, I won't, I won't actually respond a really thoughtful response back and send it back and realize that, you know, it was irrelevant. I'll actually just do a quick one-liner and actually say, hey, is this still an open issue? Do we need to have a conversation about it, right? You know, is this unresolved? We you know what do we need to do or what's the status of this? And again, part of the drain of email is, and I know this specifically for you, Rachel, because I know who you are, is you want to put in the most thoughtful response that you possibly can to give the most value to the other person on the other end of that email, right? And that's, that's the draining part because you're putting so much energy and effort into responding to every single email. And that's just, in my opinion, not the most effective and efficient use of email. So I think that a lot of times you should decide, is this an email that I could answer in a one-minute phone call or, or it's, it's going to take me 10 minutes to write the email out the right way that I want to, making sure I craft every word the right way, right? Right. And that's to just, going to be
0: more meaningful for the recipient to, yeah. to have that time with you. And that might result in a better relationship, more sales, you know, them moving forward with you in, in some way. That was basically her question. And I hope I didn't cut you off, Dan, but that was her question. She was she basically said, where is the balance you found between intentional conversation that keeps projects moving forward and customers feeling heard and not feeling like a slave to your inbox? So I like that your responses sure. when necessary, just change the medium pick up the phone or yeah. you know just just ha- set a time to have coffee with that person you know email back say hey you know ne- don't want to go into a huge amount of detail here let's meet or let's call let's set up a call you know that's and, and, and Bam through those, you know. That's
1: it. I'm not a slave to my inbox. The, the email, just like we talked about several episodes ago, that your cell phone is your personal assistant. Use it like one. You know, it's it's for it's for your convenience, not the caller's. Your inbox is for your convenience, not the person sending you a message. And I really look at it. I use email for the sharing of information. So let's uh, let's actually describe a very specific situation that pertains to a project priority project for me, right? So we're doing a bit of rebranding. And you know, there's a lot of documents going back and forth. Like, Hey, review this. Do you like this design? Do you not like this design? What don't you like about it? You know, kind of website update, same thing, right? Like email is really good to send that information about like, Hey, here is a file. I need you to review this. Give me your thoughts on this. Right? So here's a perfect exchange for email. When that happens, I review the file. Cause it's a good, it's the perfect medium to share information like that. I review it. If it's good, boom, I like it approved, right? If it's not good and I have very specific reasons why like, hey, I like this, but I want, you know, this move this way. If it's very direct feedback, like instructional, send it back like that. Other than those two things, pick up the phone and talk through it. Because again, if you don't, if you don't really nail it in that email, you're going to play email ping pong back and forth. And it's going to be this black hole of email that honestly could have been solved with a five minute conversation. So, Just pick up the phone and say, hey, this particular design, you know, I don't like it for this reason. It seems out of balance or, you know, the logo doesn't seem right or, hey, we need a different tagline or whatever it is. Like talk through those things and then you can go back to sharing it, you know, the actual information piece in email. So that's one way that I use email. The other is memorialization, you know, especially in business over years and years and years. There's going to be a lot of things that happen. There's going to be a lot of decisions that are made. So another great way to, to utilize email for the sharing of information is to basically you know, after a decision is made is to go through and write that thought out email and say, okay, this is what we talked about. This is what we decided, why we decided it. And then you send that out. So everyone is kind of on the same page for it, but still that's just the sharing of information, right? Like that's what, inf- that's what email is designed for is to share information. If you need to actually add value to a conversation or a relationship and progress a, a conversation decision or relationship forward, that should be done over the phone in person, be yep. a conversation. And that's uh, if you, if you balance email that way, I think you'll be just fine.
0: I like that. And, and just to talk about your memorialization piece, I do that a lot. And I didn't even realize that I do that when I'm talking to one of my colleagues in Houston, and we agree on a, a certain parameter of uh, what we're going to do for a project. And a lot of times, you know, I look to them for a decision because it might be a more of a project that they're spearheading, and. I'll ask, I'll put the onerous on them and say, uh, just, okay, great. This is what we've agreed upon. This is what we're going to do. This is uh, the course that I'm going to take, uh, in, in hitting that goal. Just shoot me an email with those three bullet points so that I have the backup to say that we talked about it. This is what we agreed upon. And that's why I executed this, uh, this topic or this uh, situation. So, and that's, so that, so that's a perfect use for email. And now let's
1: apply that to the actual question of, so You send that out or I send that email out to you and then I go on vacation and I'm gone for two weeks, right? And then what's going to happen, I come back from vacation, I check all my emails, right? And then I'm going down looking at the ones that I actually want to have an actionable item on. I'm going to know that email. I'm going to say, okay, here's the email that I sent out that said, these are the bullet points. I'm going to basically keep that one unread, right? And then that basically shortens to my list of actionable emails that I need to address and then I get back into it. So exactly what you just said is perfect for that type of system to make sure you're not missing the important ones and all the rest of it can just kind of go to the wayside. And trust me, life just continues to go on. Yeah, I love it. So hopefully that answered your question, Rachel. I appreciate you being a great supporter of the show. And I've also gotten some good stuff out of the Brand Boss podcast uh, that you're putting on. I'm excited to, to see more episodes come out on that. And I think that, I think we're in a good spot to, to end this episode. I will say, you know, as, as you heard the promo at the top of the show, we've got a really, really, really big time, exciting guest coming on next week. Uh, you are not going to want to miss this guest. He is somebody that has a massive following has grown multiple, uh, multi-million dollar businesses. The dude is living the dream. And, uh, he's actually going to come in and talk about how he builds his businesses, how he actually scales it. And he's actually going to talk about, you know, how he was able to do this through, one of the scariest health situations that you can probably imagine. So I'm pretty excited about that. So stay tuned for that and uh, parting shot over to you, Sharif.
0: I'm, that's, that's it. I just, uh, I really appreciate everyone that's been supporting the show and listening uh, and giving us the feedback. Please continue to do so. Uh, we, we just want to continue to uh, rank there. We're trying to, you know, get on the iTunes uh, new and noteworthy. And uh, so we're, we're getting there with your support. So, thank you everybody. Um that's all I have, Dan. Awesome.